0: Boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Chocolate Puma Podcast. It is I, your boy, the Chocolate Puma, back giving you, loyal 20 of listeners, what you need. Uh, Last week, we had a bit of an unscheduled week off. Uh, I had sat down and we were recording an episode with uh, friends of the show and this week's guests, Jason Dime and Killer Carl from the Bay, uh, but my internet decided that no, we would not be recording. And most of the audio that we did have uh, that you know was able to be salvaged, uh, it made little to no sense because it was all garbled. Uh, so this week, thanks to the fine folks at Xfinity, and no, this is not a free advertisement. I'm just so happy to have reliable uh, Wi-Fi that does not cut out on me. Uh, we've got Carl and Jason Dine back. We talk uh, best moves of the offseason so far, hot takes, what's going on in Houston, and so much more. Uh, perhaps next week I will have something special uh, as we are approaching a very special day, and that day is my birthday. So uh, I will try to have something something special, a gift from me to you on my day of birth. But for now... I present to you all, once again, Jason Dime, Killer Carl, and we go back at it with basketball.
1: All right. I'll let you guys decide who wants to start us off here, but will James Harden play this year?
2: No. That's, I, I, I think he doesn't want to play. I think he's going to be forced to play, but I think he's already on the phone with Vince Carter asking how difficult it is to fake an injury. Uh, I, I don't think he wants to play. I think he'll play because of the financial impact, but he clearly does not want to play. He's going to do everything he can to not
1: play this year. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there, Carl, because this UNC slander of my boy Vince Carter, it oh. will not stand.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I want to get out of Toronto, too. I'm not. It's not a bad decision.
1: Yeah. Uh, would, would, uh, you would, know, would... I'm not,
3: we don't have to go into how Vince
1: Carter mishandled his exit from Toronto. Look, both sides, there were missteps on both sides.
3: Don't
2: you see shades of that here, though? Like, Harden arguably could be, like, one of the greatest Rockets of all time. I mean, they, they do have some greats in their past, Hakeem, et cetera, et cetera. But, like depending on how this goes, he could never be brought up in those conversations, not even like top five conversations.
3: I disagree from top to bottom. First of all, I think that James Harden wants to play. I think it's clear that he doesn't want to be in Houston. I mean, it's all speculation, but clearly he doesn't. I mean, is he even literally physically in Houston right now? That's unclear, right? (laughs) So I think, didn't Silas say I'm not sure he's even in the city? So yeah. I don't, I don't think him not wanting to play for Houston means he's not going to play this year. He's going to fake an injury. I think if we've learned anything in this league, it's that we always underestimate the power of these superstars to get what they want. And if he wants to go somewhere else, he will go somewhere else. And I don't think Houston is cornered. I think there are other te- – there's enough – I know Philly is the obvious choice. But there's enough other people out there to create a market for him that Tito would be an idiot not to trade him and keep him on the bench. The only way he sells tickets is if he puts on a jersey. He's not gonna, he's not gonna do that. If Harden really wants to force his way out, he will be traded, and he will be playing for some NBA team on December twenty, whatever. It's just everything's super truncated right now with the timeline, so it seems like it can't happen fast enough. But I wanna, I wanna hearken you both back to another time when Harden signed with another team. If you remember, and I don't know the exact details, but when he left Oklahoma City, that was like three weeks before the season started. Wasn't it? it was, I think he was still in an OKC jersey in like late September
1: or early October. And it, the season was going to start in like a month. So It was right before the start of the preseason, I believe. So, So that's
3: what I'm saying. I think he'll play somewhere. We don't need to dive so into the trade scenarios, but Philly... Brooklyn, and then there's other crappy teams out there that would trade for him. You know what I mean? And doesn't he have two or three more years on his contract? I believe two. So even a a, even a shitty team that he won't resign with will get two years of him. So they might do it. You know? So there you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hate on James Harden a lot, uh, but any team he makes any team better. I mean, he's one of the greatest scorers of all time even though I find his style of play to be personally, you know, appalling and unappealing, you know, the results are the results. He gets the job done. He's, he's great at it. I'll gi- I'll give him his props. Um, so I like, yeah, I agree with dime. I think he's going to be playing somewhere. Um, I'm, I'm hoping just for drama's sake it's Brooklyn, uh, <laughs> but most, I mean, it makes the most sense in Philly, but who knows? Yeah, and tom, to be, you- weird,
2: I think he's going to play this year. I just don't think he's going to play for Houston. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's going. He's, he's. He definitely wants to play. He just doesn't want to play in
3: Houston. Hey tom what about the other thing Carl said about the way he exits might mean that his he's not like a respected Rocket. Like you don't. Is there any scenario
1: do you think where his jersey isn't retired as a Rocket? I mean, there are dumbass fans that might say that, but <laughs> you. There's no way that you can even make. If he, you know, pissed on Tillman for Tita's car, there's no way they couldn't go out there and like, you know, retire his jersey like he's been the best rocket since Akeem. So you you have to, no matter how it plays out, no matter how he leaves, unless he says no, you, you at least have to extend the offer. Look, it's funny because I agree and compare it to
3: the Vince Carter thing. Vince Carter did Toronto way wronger than than Harden's ever going to do Houston. He took them way less far. He was a way less good player. I know I'm saying this funny, but like Harden's a better player. He had more success. He was there probably longer or a similar amount of time. And, And Vince Carter's still in their montage.
1: Well, I mean, also it's Toronto. I mean, before Vince, I mean... Who is was the most exciting player they had? Was, was it uh, right. uh, Dale Curry or Mo Pete? I mean, you hey. tell me. <laughs> that's two big talents. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect. No disrespect. <laughs> so uh, so AD's jersey is getting retired in New Orleans then? It'll be a long time, but it's getting retired. You think AD's jersey? I think
3: that's more up in the air. AD didn't, how far did he, t- you're comparing that to Harden? Did AD win any MVPs? Did he have any top five MVP finishes? Did he win a playoff series there even? maybe He won,
1: one play, he won play one playoff series, but also you got to look at the expectations of those teams AD was on. Harden was expected to win a title. AD, they put him around a bunch of bums for the most part. Um, so up until they got, you know, Drew Holiday, like the last couple of years, it was a one-man showdown there. So, I mean... I'll give AD a little bit of, you know, a little bit of country as opposed to some of the other people. <laughs> also, I, he's yeah. from Chicago, and I will not slander a Chicagoan.
0: No, I'm, I'm here for like it. it. I'm here to slander everybody. That's what I'm here for.
3: <laughs> Wait, AD actually did win a playoff series. You're right. Yeah.
1: I was about to argue with that. No, I believe they beat Portland. If my memory yeah, serves correct. You're
3: right. Oh, okay. Sorry, he's definitely having his jersey retired in New Orleans. Oh,
1: <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for it. <laughs> <sighs> oh man, okay. Well, I get John Wall. Does
2: John Wall move the move the meter for them at all? The Rockets. Does that make James happy or unhappy?
1: It. I mean, I, I guess it's a guy he respects. So, I mean, he doesn't hate it, but I don't think it's something that would keep him there.
3: It feels like his issue with Houston is not necessarily the personnel. It feels like it's a it's a front office issue, clearly. Not that he hasn't gotten everything he's wanted. I mean, he wanted Chris Paul. He got Chris Paul. He didn't like Chris Paul anymore. He wanted his friend Westbrook. He got Westbrook. But now that all seems to have ended. I mean, Fertitta clearly isn't going to spend money and – I think that's why he wants out, whether he likes Wall or not.
1: So, and I mean, I there are rumors that he uh, Tillman didn't uh, consult with him on the hiring of a coach. Which, I mean, he doesn't have to give the the stamp of approval, but you know, your franchise guy, you gotta you gotta get your get you know get him in the room at least.
3: I agree. I agree. It's a different era. These guys command. The, they're everything. They're the product. You know what I mean? Now, but and wait.
2: Different air, though. This is how Bill Bill Russell got his thing. There are rules for everybody else, and there are rules for Bill Russell. This has always been the case in the NBA.
3: Right. Yeah. but Bill Bill Russell from the beginning, I feel like, was a leader of the team in a way that Harden isn't. Like, do you are you are you thinking of Harden the way you think of LeBron, or are you thinking of Harden the way you think of like? not LeBron (laughs) because (laughs) I don't I don't know a part of Bill Russell
2: no I'm just saying that great players get preferential treatment and that's the NBA was built on that
3: for sure but front offices consulting their stars is not something that was expected in prior eras it was something that was an exception to the rule whereas now it feels like if you don't you lose which is what we're probably which is like what you're saying what's that's what we're probably watching and using yeah. right now.
1: Okay. I'm trying to think uh, like Jordan probably was the the usher in of like the modern era of like you got to consult with your superstar kind of deal.
3: And they still got away with not totally consulting with him all the time.
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: <laughs> that was the beginning of it though. Yeah. I agree with you. In this era you
1: went to Tony Kukoc would not be on the team. No. <laughs> and you could argue that Tony Kukoc would probably be happier, but. <laughs>
3: <laughs> true. True. Um, wait, this is totally off topic and it just popped in my head. Did you guys read the, um, the news that just came out that the NBA is giving out $30 million to each team? Did you read this?
1: Oh, Broke oh. Boy Fertita is ecstatic with this news.
3: <laughs> Yeah, he's just hand, it's like it's a, it's a stimulus package for NBA team. Jerry Reinsdorf just cashed a $30 million check, apparently.
1: Yeah, man. I know I've been giving Tillman a lot of hell, but he needs it.
3: <laughs> I agree.
1: It just goes to show how great
3: a league the NBA is. Like, I just wish they ran the country. Like, they I, figured out the bubble. We did that other podcast where we talked about the bubble was the winner of the bubble. Yeah. And now, look, he's giving these teams – you know, he's, he's artificially telling them they have to raise the, they have to keep the cap high, but they're not getting the income. And instead of doing what, not to get super political, what our country is doing, which is shutting restaurants down, but not giving them money. He's shutting down the, the money, you know, the, the income, but then giving them the income. It's the best league in the world. Sorry, sidetracked. That just, I forgot about that. till just now.
1: Adam Silver, best commissioner of all the major sports commissioners. No question. Maybe tied with the w n b a commissioner i'm i'm gonna put them both in the same they're both up there basketball baby that's it
0: it is it is
1: well last time in the lost episode we went over the uh what are the warriors gonna do championship. <laughs>
3: No, no, that's not what you said. You actually gave an honest opinion. I would like to hear your honest opinion about the Warriors. I can't imagine anything's changed in a few days.
1: I really wish I I had lost that audio now. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, I mean,
2: they're going to be a – I think they're going to be a good regular season team. The clay injury is terrible. He's probably never going to be the same player ever again. This is still our window. All the moves they made were great. I mean – for what they were there was no splashy signings but that's kind of the general story of this off season like the bigger you're signing kind of the worse it was it's all about those mediocre players coming in on vet minimums I love I love Oubre I love Wanamaker backing up Curry uh Bazemore of course he's gonna be the best dunk celebrator in the league although he's rusty he's got to get back on that uh and Wiseman I think I think he's going to develop it's going to be some growing pains but I think they're going to be a fun team. 40-ish wins. They're going to compete that, for anything from an 8C to a 5C in the West.
3: Okay. They're going to be fun. Very measured. Very measured as a Warriors fan, Carl.
1: Very Yeah,
2: started with championship. Oh, and Joe Lacob, <laughs> best owner. Best owner in the NBA. You Bulls fans wouldn't know about that spending money stuff.
1: Wow. I mean, you, you treating us (laughs) like we broke boys. Like we, like we the Houston Rockets. I mean, (laughs) we just cheat. (laughs) We not broke. I, (laughs) I,
3: the Warriors are not, I, this is going to be a whole exercise here, but name this name, the teams like name, how they even get a seven seed. Like who are like Clippers Lakers Blazers for sure ahead of them. Denver ahead of them.
2: Not, Utah, Blazers, I'm not going to say are ahead of them. Go ahead.
3: You're not going to say the Blazers are ahead no. of them? No, sir. Blazer, Blazers, okay, fine. Let's for just say me, it's not
2: got, a no brainer. That's not a no brainer for let's me. Let's
3: just say Lakers, Clippers, Denver is for sure ahead of them. And then you've got this next pack you're saying that they're in that includes Portland, Utah. Phoenix, theoretically, you know who knows they're in that possible group. Who, and I'm forgetting Houston if Harden stays. Um, who else am I forgetting? Okay, so, so like, there was Lakers.
1: There was Lakers, Portland, Houston, OKC, Denver, Utah, Clippers, Mavericks.
3: That was last year's playoffs. And who last of those are playoffs. they going to jump? Okay, OKC and the Rockets are out. Okay, OKC and the Rockets aren't assuming Harden leaves. No. And Phoenix no. is probably in. You're saying if Harden is on a team, no matter pretty much whatever that team is, that Golden State is for sure finishing ahead of them in the Western Conference.
2: I'm saying that I, I would take them over the Rockets. I think the Rockets are just not going to be good this year, even with Harden on them. I mean, they're going to be good. in that same bucket.
1: Harden is good enough to get him to the playoffs. I think the teams that are on the bubble would be, um, oh boy, who would OKC? OKC
2: okay, has uh, gone.
3: Have you looked? At no, it right? they're done because Paul's
1: gone, and Stephen Adams, who by and Adams is gone. just by pure spite and anger would have like forced them to go to the playoffs, or he would fight everybody in the parking lot. Like those right. Kiwis are crazy. No disrespect. <laughs> you, here's, the group, here's the group they're in. They're in the group with the six to 10
3: group. They're in the six to 10 group, not the four to eight group. They're in the six to 10 group with Phoenix, um, Memphis, maybe Utah if Utah slips, Houston if Harden's there, if not they're out. They're in that group. They're not in the Lakers, Clippers, Denver, Dallas group. Portland group they're just not they're
1: I can not see, I can see Utah slipping yeah and then I think I would put Memphis in I can see OKC slipping I could see Golden State slipping in that way to what the sixth or the 7 i I'm thinking seventh or eighth there you go now we're talking that's all right.
2: They could get a five. I'm telling you. I'm not saying it's likely, but five, five, I think you said six to 10. I agree with that range, but I'm more of like, they could get up there to five because I don't know if the Blazers, I think their offseason was overrated.
1: I mean, even them just standing pat. Like last year, they were not an eight seed, they were an injured three seed. I agree completely. With Nurkic, they were a three or four seed last year, no question. I mean, and they they found a way to get Melo to buy into what they're doing, and it works. Like well, so I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm high on Portland, and of course Dame Dollar. I'm I'm never been against Dame Dollar. No, I love them.
3: Yeah, you know, my problem, Carl, is I feel like your assessment of the Warriors, while much more measured than I think B. Tomp and I thought it would be, is still <laughs> assuming, is still assuming that 32-year-old Steph Curry coming off of a decently serious injury is going to, in his first season back, be 28-year-old Steph Curry. I'm not saying he's not an all-star. I'm saying he's not an MVP candidate. So you've got him taking a step back. You've got a huge step back from Klay Thompson to Kelly Oubre. I like Oubre, but that's a huge step back. Wiggins is what – if Wiggins played – if Wiggins isn't a liability, that's a good thing.
1: Are and we about to slander Green,
3: Wiggins? <laughs> no, I mean I'm always on board with slander Wiggins. And I think Draymond Green is washed. He's just washed. You can make Wiggins the goat your name on Zoom all you want, Carl. Draymond Green is washed. And I think that's the problem. You're looking at this team through the lens of three two or three years ago, and I'm saying it has aged from a five-seed to an eight-seed.
1: They're best I to me. But, uh, <laughs> To me, their best bet is if they can find somebody to take Draymond Green. If they can trade Green. I know you don't want to hear it, Killer, but I'm here to bring you that truth. You need to hear this. I've been where you've been, holding on to a player for far too long. OK, I was just here with Lual Deng a few years ago, OK? I, I feel your pain. You got a sentimental attachment to Draymond, OK? You got to let that go, baby. <laughs>
2: Uh, how are Luol Deng's rings doing? They doing good? He got those in a safe deposit box somewhere?
1: Ooh, oh, ooh. That's a low blow. Luol. That's a low blow. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. I, I see how contentious you want to make this. <laughs> because not only do I agree with you, but I'm going to take
3: your analysis of Draymond Green a step farther. I think they have to trade Draymond Green, and I also think if they trade Draymond Green, they can't win because he's the key to their success, but he no longer can do what he did to be the key to their success. So if they trade him, it has to be for someone that sort of revamps their whole style because their style is really as much around Curry as it is around Draymond's ability to be a point center, whatever the hell he is, which is incredible, but he's washed. So either they keep him and he's washed or they trade him and the machine doesn't work without the key cog. Eight seed. But you're you're basing this on
2: Draymond from last year who was trying to be the lead guy and he's not the lead guy.
3: Do we really need to go back two or three years to see Draymond's numbers continually dropping off? It's not about numbers with
2: Draymond. You know that. We don't need to go into statistical analysis. Come <laughs> on, uh, man.
1: Sometimes, I mean, he, he thinks he – I think he might be a good coach one day, but he thinks on the court he knows a little bit more like his whole beef with KD. I'm like, come on, buddy. That's one of the top five players on the planet. You might want to just slow your roll a little bit. Katie wants to take the shot. Katie, take the shot. (laughs) He's
3: one of those guys you get the good with the bad, right, with Dre? That's like part of the deal with Draymond. It's like everybody else felt the same way Draymond did. Draymond just couldn't keep his mouth shut and let it work. And that's part of, again, part of what makes him great, right, is like that energy is a positive, but it's also this intense negative.
1: I, look, sometimes we work with people who we think they're a holes, but damn it, they're good at what they do. Like, so you just bite your tongue for the better of getting the job done and just let it go. Draymond can't let it go. Doesn't, Doesn't it work feel
3: for like years? we're talking about like an aging bad team with locker room cancer problems, but we're really talking about the Warriors who have been like <laughs> the best locker room in the league and they've won three rings in the last. That's you're going to hate in your heart. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I see
2: y'all. I think, but they got they got young, and I I'm, I don't disagree with you. They could get value for Draymond, but who wants Draymond? Like he doesn't fit anywhere else, and no other locker room is going to give him the latitude he needs to operate. So I don't disagree with you. He's regressed a bunch. He can't shoot. I remember every playoff series, every finals. It was just, can he make this three today? Can Draymond <laughs> make this three today? And if he couldn't make it. It was gonna be a rough night. Probably so so I mean it is it is what it is. I don't disagree with you guys, they're not as good as they used to be, but I think the upside's still there, and I think I can say fifth seed is the best case scenario, isn't that illogical? So oh, anyway, okay. and I'll take my guys confident, I'll take them confident.
1: Okay. Your thoughts on James Wiseman? I don't remember what we said last week. No, I like James Wiseman. I
2: mean, I just think he's he's a body. He looks good. Those three games he played, he looked great. <laughs> but I mean, what what can you tell? You you draft the guy. He looks cut. Seems like he's got a good work ethic. But you don't know until you get these guys on the court. Um, but I like it. I mean, this draft was so terrible anyway. Who else were they taking there? Lamelo maybe. But can
1: he shoot? Can Wiseman shoot?
2: They're, you know... They've been glimpses. Right. They got the Instagram video, the step back three, you know, stuff like that. But we'll we'll see what happens when you get into a game. We don't know until it gets on a
3: court. It was the right pick for them, for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) moving on to other teams with issues. Brooklyn! (laughs) So, if... Okay, let, let me just throw this out here. So... We're going to operate under the assumption that they do not get James Harden right now. What are your thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets as presently constituted?
2: I can go positive first. I know how you guys feel about them. I I think it's going to work. I hope it works. I think this is going to be KD and Kyrie's FU tour. I think what would derail this team is not chemistry. I think it's injuries. So as long as those two guys stay healthy, and if if Durant is 85% of what he used to be, uh, I think they're they're going to be a top four seed in the East. Um, and like I was and and like I was saying, they need to get those other guys on board because you're seeing the situation that's happening uh, with the Clippers, where it's like the young guys who were there before and built something are starting to kind of look at KD and Kyrie a little funny. So I think that's going to be a problem, but I just want to see it happen. I like two great players on the court together.
3: Let's see what happens. They're two of my favorite players to watch. I enjoy both of their skill sets. I think KD is one of the greatest players of all time, possibly. I just don't think Kyrie's a good teammate. and. Yeah, I'll leave this to you, B. Tom. I know you're, you're going to bring up bring up all the great quotes. Go, go. For that. Oh, I got them loaded. Leave us in here
1: because I agree. This is this is the basis you need to explain why they're not going to succeed. So go ahead. I don't really see us having a head coach. KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach some days. <laughs> what about Jack Vaughn? Can't he be a head coach sometimes? Actually, Jock Vaughn could be a head coach one day. <laughs> he could do it. It's a collaborative effort. <laughs> yeah. So now, do you think
2: he's getting out of his own way by not talking to the NBA media? You know, he wrote his little his little note that was like, I'm not doing any media all season. Do you feel like that means he's going to get out of his own way?
1: And just Hasn't he done that? Quotables? He did
3: something like that in Cleveland, and he did something like that in
1: Boston. I feel like him not talking is best for everybody on that team because Kung Fu Kyrie, when he starts meditating and then coming up with all these epiphanies that he wants to share with everyone, that's when it brings a whole bunch of questions that have nothing to do with basketball to the table.
3: Yeah. I think he's just a a guy you don't want in your locker room. He's a guy you don't want on your pickup team and he's a guy you don't really want to play with. And I think, it can work. I don't think he's good enough to be that toxic um, to the environment, especially with what you said, Kyle. You have those young guys. It's like it's almost a mirror situation of what he walked into in Boston, where he was injured that year, and those guys did really, really well, and they built confidence. And then he came back and was like, "You guys did great. Pat on the back. This is my team now." And, like, it really, really, really didn't work. Everyone hated it. No one wanted to be there. So, will KD change that dynamic? Like, does it not matter if KD's 90%? Maybe. But then again, that can this team get stopped in the playoffs? Like, I, I just, they're, they're going to score. But I just, I have questions on the court, too, of how it fits. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're wing defenders. I'm very concerned with. Uh, Mm -hmm. of the guys who regularly get playing time on the wing, we got, um, they'll have Bruce Brown, who they just got from, uh, the Pistons, Justin Anderson, Wilson Chandler, Jamal Crawford, Spencer Didwitty, Joe Harris, not to mention, you know, Kyrie, like I, I'm not feeling a lot of confidence in that. And that's going to be a lot of work on guys like, uh, you know, um. DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen.
3: Yeah, it's frustrating. You know, the thing about the East is, you know, as much as I'm, as I'm thinking about this now, and this is sort of fresh, I'm sort of looking at the East and I'm feeling like they could come out of the East. I'm not saying the East is weak, but the East is like has a lot of really good teams and no clear favorite. You could say Milwaukee, but that's another conversation. It's like, if the Nets get a 5 seed and get hot in the playoffs, they could make the Eastern Conference finals and then anything could happen. I just we're not going to win a championship. I mean,
1: well, I mean, I think but, the Nets could get like a 2 seed. I mean, they were a 4 la- were they a 4 last year, I believe? Yeah, uh, 7. But it seven, was yeah. It. Yeah. But, but no, they but were 4th in the wait. they were 4th in the Atlantic Division, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> User error. <So. laughs>
3: Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I, it's just hard to see them as a winner. Like, they could rack up regular season wins, but it's I, I have trouble seeing it work. I don't know, Carly, I mean, you've got the the KD in Golden State. Do you feel like that's influencing you at all? You, like, saw how he interacted with that team, even when they didn't get along. Is that something we should be taking into account, that he can, like, have success with people that suck sometimes? Yeah, I mean, if you listen to those guys, and, and the term that they keep using is
2: their their art, their artistry on the court, right? I mean, these guys seem to be obsessed with the craft of basketball. So if you take them at their word, that means they're going to continually improve and all this. I think you guys are right about the defensive limitations of the team, but they're going to have, if those two guys are healthy, that regular season record is going to be great. And then you're going to have home court, a couple injuries here, a couple injuries there, all of a sudden you're in the championship game. I mean, I I, I don't I don't think KD is going to be what he was, but he's definitely he's definitely going to be some type. And I don't know. I, I like this team. I'm not doom and gloom about it. Like I'm not saying they're the favorite, but certainly like Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Brooklyn. I mean, I, I don't want to hate on Miami, but I you know I don't I think that was a flash in the pan.
1: I'm not doom and gloom on the Nets. I just think it's going to be a very hilarious albeit successful, dumpster fire. <laughs> like, I, I think it's going to be a mess, but they're going to find ways to win because they got some real dogs on this team. They got Torian Prince, who I've always been a fan of, Landry Shamit, Karis Lavert, um, Joe Harris, who good off the bench, just catch and shoot guy, Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, so they got talent, you know, the non-controversial kind of talent and then the controversial talent really is only uh is really only Kyrie who if we're being honest will probably only play like 52 games so yeah it's It's just when it comes to when it comes to the playoffs I mean is Steve Nash going to be able to draw it up and is he gonna be dependent on Dan Tony to do it? Is he gonna be dependent on Jacques Vaughn to do it? Is he gonna be dependent on Rodeon's Karooks to do it? Because he could be coached that day. So I don't know.
2: And they have a trade in them for sure. They have a trade in them for sure. This is not the roster that they're gonna end the season with. So what they flip Dinwiddie for will definitely, you know, if they could get like two wing players for for Dinwiddie or something, that mm-hmm. would that would really shore up the roster too.
1: Yeah,
2: I do you guys Chris... like
3: Kyrie? It feels like there's a lot of Kyrie hate on this pod right now, and I just want to make sure I want to clear the air on that because that's not how I feel. I love him. Oh no, I, I love think... seeing him play. Okay,
2: I I love the whole bit. I'm gonna be honest with you. Okay, Same. I love the whole bit. I love I love listening to him. He's driving around his car in Brooklyn, being like, "These are my thoughts on life." That's me. <laughs> I like.
1: That. I I just think you can't take him seriously because i mean anybody that's like talking about the earth might be flat i, I can't take you seriously <laughs> i
3: agree i just want to make sure because i feel like someone listening to this conversation might be like boy these guys really crapped on Kyrie." and it's like i like Kyrie; he has strengths
0: you no know? no
3: i'm just
1: crapping on him as a leader right right, Which is fair. <laughs> Which is fair.
3: right.
1: he does not have the okay. best track record as a leader
3: I just wanted to make sure I didn't know if you guys liked it. I, you know, and I, I do. So,
1: uh, I guess we can move on to all right. What, what's Philadelphia gonna do, or should they do? <laughs> when well, okay. you gave us the whole speech last time,
2: what happened? I, mean, <laughs> I, was,
3: I was just waiting <laughs> for me to talk about how they had the perfect mm-hmm. off season. No, I mean, I had,
2: and I, when you were going through that last time, I was thinking to myself, and I was like, I don't, I mean, these moves were good, but they weren't like
3: exceptional. Here's the thing Philadelphia had to accomplish two things uh-huh. one is put shooters around and beat, that was their one goal, and get off bad contracts. They accomplished both of those goals superbly and with flexibility, and still left them in a position to, if they do nothing else, they, they accomplish those two goals, but they're still in a position, and in, I mean, they still could go out and get James Harden right now. They could still trade Simmons for Harden. I mean, they're very much, they have the assets to do that. So my point was, they didn't improve the most of any team, but they maxed out what they were trying to do, and and hiring Daryl Morey was the obviously the number one thing to start that off, because that's... Hiring the best GM in basketball, mm. and then he turned right, around and breaks. made the right <laughs> move. So, getting off Horford's contract, getting off Richardson—like, it was really impressive what they did. So I Richardson's a good player. Why you do that to Richardson? Richardson? No, a I good love player. Richardson. It just wasn't a good fit. Philly. The whole thing with Philly is they have a bunch of good players that don't fit together. That's always right. been the thing. I love Horford too. You know, that was just a terrible fit.
1: Uh, I, I so. mean, I'm not going to blame Al Horford for. Taking that contract oh. because, come on, somebody offers you that much money and you're an aging player. Why wouldn't you take it?
3: <laughs> I could see how he would think it would work too, because of the way it was pitched. Is like you'll you'll be on the court for ten to twelve minutes with Embiid a game, and then you'll be like backing him up, and you know that was how it was pitched to him. And it's just with Simmons, there's no shooting, and it's it just doesn't work. It just the, the team doesn't work as it was constructed. That's why they need to bring in the shooters. Which gets to the
2: core of the conversation, which is, isn't this a Simmons and B problem? And you still have both of those guys. So so the reality is, you said he solved the two major problems, but I would argue the biggest problem, he's still looking right down the barrel at.
3: Correct. And he has positioned himself to be able to solve that problem. Yeah. I know that sounds like what he's the the doing that, that thing he's supposed to do, right? but he's working that deal. Everyone knows that Maury's working that deal right he's now. He's furiously putting formulas
1: Morgan. in Excel right now to find out the right thing to do. He's just sweat on the brow. Clickety just clack, like... Clickety-clack. <laughs> Keyboard exactly. warrior.
3: For sure. For sure. But you know he is. Everyone around the league knows he's he's waiting. He's trying to make that move with Houston. So... And you know when and if it comes through, it's going to be like a complex fourteen deal. It's going to be wild. So he's he's gotten himself the assets to do that without sacrificing anything. If somehow it falls through, and that's why I think it was he he every move he made was the perfect move up to this point for what Philly
1: needed. Now I'm just curious: Will Tillman be a petty petty little dot 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 and not trade James Harden to Daryl Morey? Even if it's the best move for his team, maybe not necessarily Philly.
3: Don't you think
2: it's
1: questionable? Is... About... Go ahead. Go ahead, Carl. I think you were going to say what I was going to say. No, I was saying it depends on how much money
2: Daryl Morey gave back to get out of that contract.
1: Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting Tillman's a broke boy. so
3: He probably
2: was like, he's going to pay me $10 million this year.
3: <laughs> or how many jerseys they can sell. Like, is he getting someone back that will sell as many jerseys as Harden? Maybe. Like yeah. Simmons, that that has to be a consideration. I don't think pettiness is going to come into it. I think his empire is crumbling. <laughs> He's trying to hold it up. So with son, duct tape. <laughs> isn't his son tweeting about this? He's like, oh, my
2: no, father's please. a businessman, and he'll make a business deal, and feelings will not come into it.
1: <laughs> Stop talking.
2: See that, but I'm sure. he yeah, shut, shut up, Twitter guy. Yeah. Twitter son. <laughs> so who who is it? Is it is it Embiid or is it Simmons who you
3: should trade? I think Simmons. Depends who you're getting. If you're getting Harden, it has to be Simmons. Are you off Simmons in general, B-Top? Like if you were, it's not about trades, not about anything, you could start a franchise with one of these two guys. Are you taking Embiid every time?
1: I think I am.
2: Simmons, for me. I would be trying to dump Embiid. Why? I don't think he's, I don't think you can build a team around him. I just don't, I think he's too injury prone. I think when he's right, he looks amazing, but he's been right for what? 30% of his career and his health history isn't going to get better. Seven footers don't magically wake up and go, guess what? I don't have injuries anymore. Like you look at Tim Duncan, what was his most major injury he had? What's like, it. like Shaq's toe? Shaq's toe got hurt and that was the beginning of the end for him, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a rat.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I'm nah. saying for me, it's I, I think Simmons fits the league better right now, but also he's younger and he's healthier. That's it.
1: I see your point. Uh I just also I always go back to the the man won't shoot. Like you have to shoot. And you got to get over this this yips thing you got where you won't shoot with other people in the gym because, my God, you're holding the team back. Like, if you're out on the three-point line and they immediately run away from you and double somebody else, like, you should be able to pull it. Like, at least keep them honest to where they have to, like, at least shade towards you. And he hasn't done that. So, like, at this point, I'm almost like, is is it a mental thing? Is it just, like, I just don't want to. Like, there's something wrong.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I think the problem is we're obviously dealing with two super flawed people, and I lean the Embiid way because I super flawed super way. super flawed superstars, if you will.
0: Like, like they're the both court, very right? not I'm people.
3: The <laughs> I didn't mean to comment on their, you know, their moral compass. Um, but you've got, you've got. Simmons who if you're starting a franchise around him you there's no flexibility like there's you, you're going to have to get a guy who's probably better than him to succeed and then on top of that you're going to have to get a bunch of guys that fit perfectly around him like there's no flexibility you need shooters whereas with Embiid when he's right you can build different kind of teams around him like there's flexibility he could be the best player on a championship team the problem is we've only seen that 30% of the time and it's not going to get better and so if i'm going one way or the other i guess I'm, i don't know if this is beat tom's rationale but i'm leaning towards mb because he has at least the potential to be the best player on a championship team i have trouble seeing simmons as that even though in the end his career may be better and it may be a better bet if that makes right.
2: sense you're talking he's got the higher peak his ceiling is higher than simmons Absolutely, yeah. and I and I don't disagree with that.
1: Like I can see Simmons as a number two on a championship team, but as like the lead dog, I, I don't see it. And him and Embiid like in the same lineup, it it, it doesn't work.
3: It's sad, kind of, because they're. I like them. I I like. I have issues with them both, but I like them both. They're fun to watch when they're both right, and it's just like. It just It just isn't a good fit, it's kind of annoying and sad because it'd be fun to watch. It I'm, really I makes like me angry.
1: <laughs> they're like a yeah. video game team. Like They should be so much – they are so much fun to watch, but they should be so much more successful. B-Tom, when
3: did you switch from thinking it was that Brett Brown's just a terrible coach to they're a bad fit? Was that recently or was that already years ago?
1: Oh, no. I always thought they were a bad fit. I just thought Brett Brown was, like, exacerbating the problem because he was a shitty coach.
3: Okay.
1: I think a good coach could have cobbled together, like, maybe not this last year's team, but, like, two years ago, that team. He, with Jimmy Butler, He come on, you could have cobbled together, you know, at least one playoff series win, you know what I mean? And Redick,
3: he had the right personnel. Yeah, no, I agree.
1: I think for a while, I felt like
3: maybe they are a good fit and Brett Brown just sucks. And then at some point, it was just like Brett Brown, like you said, at some point, I got to where you are, b which is like, it's a bad fit, but also Brett Brown sucks.
2: Yeah, he's <laughs> so,
1: not making it better. No. And Doc yeah, Rivers certainly
3: isn't going to figure it out.
1: You know,
2: then we're going to look, history is going to look very poorly on that Sixers team with Jimmy Butler. Uh, Embiid and Simmons I mean I guess it was just one bounce away right
1: but yeah but I mean I feel like Jimmy Butler's success this season is probably the the worst thing that could have happened to Philly (laughs)
0: yeah
3: yep and they love him they love Jimmy that made him love Jimmy even more but like in a bittersweet
1: way I'm sure yeah Yeah. I mean Jimmy is a guy who I feel like he was tailor-made for like Pat Riley <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I didn't see it before, but he is a he's a Pat Riley kind of dude, I feel. <laughs> Do you think Miami's the best team in the East this year? No. Do you no. think they have a shot at going to the finals? Yeah, yeah, I'll give them a shot. I mean, you got Bam, you got Jimmy, Tyler Hero will have another year under his belt. He really started coming on at the end of the year. Good shooters like Duncan Robinson off the bench. Uh, they got Dragic back for another year. I'm I'm high on Miami. So
3: why do why are we thinking they won't? They aren't a, one of the favorites in the East. Why are they just like a potential fringe contender?
1: I think their ceiling just isn't as high, like you know, talent wise. Like if if things break, you know, for. Milwaukee for instance I I think they can go further I just think that they're held back by coach bud not
3: a great playoff coach
1: I I don't know I just don't see why they I I don't
3: see why the ceiling is I think people think they overperformed in the bubble and they certainly did but why wouldn't bam take another step forward like I'm not betting against that guy like that raises the ceiling and hero takes another step forward like you're saying And if all these shooters are able to shoot and dragic just doesn't get worse i might pick this team against milwaukee in a seven game series you know what i mean i don't know i'd certainly pick
1: them over philly or well Brooklyn. against milwaukee yeah, i, I kinda, against milwaukee i'm going to give them the edge anyway because i feel like they just got like a mental thing over milwaukee like so what
3: team beats them then
1: i don't what know you guys have forgotten you've already
2: forgotten about drew holiday for oh.
3: sure Drew Holiday is
2: the is the Milwaukee. Hey, we're not tough enough. Answer, you hear all these. You hear all these NBA players talk about great defenders, and they're like, Drew Holiday is a different guy. He just goes out there and shuts somebody down, and that's really Milwaukee didn't have anybody. Chris Middleton, love him, solid defender, but they didn't have anybody with that in them. I think. Oh, Drew so you Holiday go
1: sit is- here and badmouth my boy Tony Snell? Wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well. You know, I honestly, and I don't think, you know, Bledsoe
3: is obviously an extremely flawed character and getting away from him is obviously really good, but he was a good defender and they brought in Drew. It's incredible what they did to bring in Drew Holiday, who's even a better defender and also isn't scared of the moment, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is with Bledsoe that he always just disappeared offensively in big moments. So it's a huge upgrade. I I agree completely. No, you're absolutely right um it's, it's, it's like you gotta see it like i still have to see them win in the playoffs against a good team before i'll believe it you know what i mean absolutely. So that's why i'm still leaning miami I don't know.
1: it like i said uh coach bud man that's like to me their biggest because they were up 3-1 on toronto and <laughs> then you know the wheels came off and then last year you know of course we all saw what happened um And I think Giannis, you know, being out with the foot injury, I mean, I don't think that's enough to warrant, you know, losing and having a gentleman's sweep by by Miami. Like, you're the one seed, you know. You got to show a little bit more than that.
3: X's and O's wise, is it just that – I guess I want to have a take on this, but I don't know what my take is. Is the issue with Bud pretty much just that he won't, like – He's not flexible with his rotations and minutes. Like he insists on keeping Giannis at 32 minutes a game in a big series. Like if he just played Giannis 40, would they have won? Is
1: that all it is? I feel like he comes up with a game plan and he sticks with it, whether that game plan works or not. So Mm -hmm. it's like you you might need to switch to a zone for a couple of possessions and Coach Bud won't do it. Cause that's not what was in the
0: game plan.
3: And I think he also, that reminds me, he also refuses to do switches on defense, right? Like, you know how everyone in the NBA switches everything. Doesn't Milwaukee like not switch anything for some reason, even though it would make sense in certain scenarios. That makes sense.
1: Okay. Yeah. Coach Bud is like married to his system, which I don't know why, because I mean, in Atlanta, they had, they had a good little bit of a success for Atlanta. Um, and then this run he's had in Milwaukee, but nothing to the point where you'd be like, this is the unquestioned system in the NBA. Like, if, you know, Steve Kerr and uh, Spolstra and all these other guys can, like, adapt and they've won championships, I think you can too. Which is why I like Nick Nurse so much in Toronto. Like, that dude will... He'll scrap a game plan like two minutes into a game if he doesn't think it's working.
0: Yeah, he's the best coach. Yeah, no, there's old
2: school coach. That happened with Doc Rivers, too. Doc Rivers wouldn't change anything. That's what Montrezl Herald came out of the locker room saying. So we had the same game plan every night. Tibbs. And we weren't we were switching. Oh, yeah, Tibbs.
3: <laughs> but it's like Tibbs the old school coach. It was the big game plan. It was a game plan they shouldn't switch. And then in, like, 2014, the entire league caught up to it, and
1: he just didn't
3: stop doing it. So
1: He's like, well, I don't know what to do now. <laughs>
3: right. Well, so all that being said, so why why, why is Miami not coming out of the East? I mean, even with Drew Holiday, it sounds like Bud's not going to change his game plan. So I still would pick against them, I guess. If I hate you have the it, guy that's doing that. But.
2: but if you have the best player and he's playing – like, talent can overcome coaching deficiencies. So, but coach, that 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 would be my argument. You, your players just have to be that much greater.
1: I'm higher on Boston. <laughs> Who
2: makes that difference?
1: I'm higher on Boston than I am on Milwaukee.
2: Mm. Mm. Tatum's taking that super leap this year.
1: I think he does. And it pains me to say it because he's a dookie. But... You know, I gotta give props where it's due. I like, that dude, that's a special dude.
2: Our pros are legit now. You remember when I was growing up, it was like, dude, players don't make good pros. Woo, boy!
1: Y'all had, had a good little run. Like, let's not go nuts.
2: <laughs> I don't want to get kicked off the pod, so I'll stop right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah let, uh, let me mute his <laughs> mic. <laughs> mute him. <laughs> No, um, I, I
3: like Boston too. I like I I just I hate the Celtics, but I love I like Stevens and I love Tatum and I love Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart's the perfect guy to hate, but he's a great guy to have on the team. I mean, what about their big man problem, though? How do they overcome that? Or it's does it not Thompson. matter to me?
1: Yeah, they signed Tristan Thompson.
3: Is that enough? I mean, I is if he you got, got Daniel, Daniel Tice, Tice? come.
1: If you got Daniel Tice coming off the bench now, where he should have been, and you got Tristan Thompson starting, I feel like that works much better than you know, depending on Tice, and then going to Ennis Cantor, who I could probably put fifteen and eight on.
3: Yeah, but he put thirty and twenty on you. That's what he. That's what he does.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't say I. I didn't say he wouldn't. I just said I could put fifteen and eight on. <laughs>
3: that's a good No, I agree. So you think Boston could come out of the East? Do you think I do. This
1: is the United Absolutely, <laughs> I do. Okay. I mean, dark horse pick the Chicago. No, I'm just. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I think they
3: could go in. I don't think they could come out of the East.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if they if they made it as an eight seed, I'd I'd be very pleased with the season.
3: Oh, that'd be awesome.
1: Uh, see, now I gotta ask what team you got on the rise. Blazers. I think the obvious Blazers. the obvious two, I, I just
2: I think the Blazers are fine. I think they made good additions, but I think people were dubbing them like they're they they solved all their problems with Rodney Hood and Enos Cantor. I mean, you know, ah, they, the one, they
3: sell problems by getting healthy. They were an eight-seed last year. They'll be a three-seed this year. What else? How do you define rise?
1: I got rise as a team that let's say the team that makes the leap from terrible to good oh,
2: that's the Hawks and the Suns. Hawks and the sun right
1: yeah mm-hmm. I had Canada. the Hawks i'm I'm very high on the Hawks oh,
2: i I love the Hawks I love the I love the signings they made I mean I think you know, of course, and there's an ex Golden State mind in that front office, and Travis Schlenk is that his name?
0: Schlenk. Wonderful,
2: <laughs> wonderful a graduate of the Warriors Academy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you got you got Rondo as your backup point guard, to Trey Young, Bogdan, you got Herder. Oh, you got Chris Dunn. That's such a solid guard rotation. And then when you're talking about John Collins and you got Gallinari coming off the bench now. And they said they signed him with the intention, even though he got $61 million for three years, they said you're coming off the bench.
3: Wait, is that true?
2: That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. So, okay. John, so they're, they're trying not to deflate John Collins' ego because John Collins is young enough that he's like, I want my shine. I want my minutes. I want my points. And Gallo doesn't care. He got paid. If he yeah. was trying to go to the A number one contender, he could assign one of the L.A. teams. He's he's there for the bag. Yeah. So he, he'll he take a he'll take a role check on that. And Capella, good rim runner. I mean, centers aren't that important. I know he gets played off the court in the playoffs sometimes, but you just run Gallo at the five.
1: I feel like they'll just move Capella. I feel like he's a trade piece after they drafted uh, Okongwu. Is that how you pronounce his last name? That sounds wonderful. <laughs> I, I mean, he's a little bit small, but he played center at a uh, center at USC, so I, f- I figure he can probably handle small ball center if you ran him and uh, John Collins out there at the same time. But yeah, like Herder, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, like guys already on the already on the roster on rookie deals who I think can make big jumps. Bogdan. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think this could be a playoff team. I like Lloyd Pierce as a coach. Um, I don't think he gets enough props, but, and he's got Nate McMillan as a, as an assistant. So yeah, solid squad. I I could see them getting, uh, getting blown out in five games by like a Miami or something.
3: (laughs) Yep, totally. I think, I think without the Bogdan signing, I think that's going to be the difference for this team because Trey Young can score, but who else scores from the wing? And now they've got Bogdanovich, and that's going to be—he can just jack up threes. Yeah. Because if you don't have him, then then who's who else can make shots on this team besides Trey Young? And that's assuming Trey Young can make shots, which I think he can, but the jury's still out a little bit on that. So for his volume, at least, I see some eye rolls, but <laughs> but, but I think the Bogdanovich trade makes. I think that makes them legit. I definitely a team on the rise, not like a terrible team becoming a good team, more like a bad team becoming an average team with potential
1: to continue to grow. So yeah.
3: And the, the East United. is open though. And the East is open.
1: Yeah. I mean, and when you got like Bogdan, that kind of pushes Cam Reddish to a third option, which I think would really help his development too, right? Like, last year when they were dependent on him to be like the number two guy as a rookie. And he wasn't even a number two guy at Duke. Like that's, that's a hell of a leap to try to get somebody to do so.
2: Yeah. And the sun's right. The sun's I'm now I'm looking at their roster and I'm not, I'm not so sold on a huge leap. Cause you got Chris Paul backed up by Javon Carter. Is that right? That's their backup
3: point guard. We, yeah. all
2: love, we all love Booker here, right? We all love
3: Booker. We're wait, all Booker stands. wait, first of all, Booker's going to be on the ball 10 to 15 minutes a game. He's going to be oh, playing point.
2: First have you,
3: of all. Have,
1: have uh, I wait, wait, wait. CP3? Carl? Uh, Carl, you oh, forgot wait, wait, about... What, what another, did I just say? <laughs> you forgot about another point guard on the team and his name is Cameron Payne. So I need you to put some respect oh, on Oh, snap, he's on the roster? He's on the roster. <laughs>
3: And Etwan Moore. They've got a lot of ball handlers. Chris Paul can do 25 minutes. Booker will give you 10, and then you'll get 12 from those other guys. I I don't think the backup point guard situation is going to be a problem unless there's an injury,
1: which yeah. is certainly
3: possible. But
1: I mean, I think Michael wait, Bridges – Wait,
3: when I said Devin Booker is going to play a little point, I feel like both of you went nuts. you think he's going to have court? that when he's on the court. Right, but he, he's not going to play 38 minutes a game. I mean, he's going to play 28 minutes a game, CP3, right? How many you did you tr- play last year?
1: I feel like it was more than 28.
3: <laughs> you're right, it was. It was like 32. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're going to be playing 30. He's going to be playing at least 32 minutes a night here. <laughs> Chris Paul, don't take step backs. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of minutes. Okay, you try telling that. I feel like it would be just easier to let him have his way than to, like, argue with him. Okay. So
3: so you've got – maybe you've got a backup point guard problem. I'm not fully agreeing to that. But what else on this team? I mean, Jake Crowder was a good signing, right? DeAndre Hayden, If you, you don't have to be in love with DeAndre Aiden to say that he could be a contributor on a 7 or six, seven, eight seed in the West with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, I like Aiden.
1: Yeah, uh, they just have a,
2: depth, they have a depth problem. That's all. You look at it Mikel Bridges, Nader, Etwan Moore, BJ Johnson. That's their small forward listen that I'm seeing. And their power forward, Crowder, Cameron Johnson, Jalen Smith, Sarich, and Owens. Like, how many of those guys are rotation worthy? Sarich
1: what? should be. They? they got how Frank Kaminsky. So, you know, there's that. (laughs) Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. (laughs) Do they have him? Oh, (laughs) jeez. I just, you know,
3: they're a team that I guess, I guess, I don't know, what does on the rise mean? Because they were an eight, I guess they were technically the eight seed last year or the nine seed going into the bubble, right? Do we really see them as that much higher than that this year?
1: No. I mean, I. Depends on
3: Chris Paul.
1: They'll contend for an eight seed. I mean I, I like think Monty about the
3: conversation. Yeah.
1: I like Monty Williams as a head coach. Um, yeah. I, I just see him I feel like this is probably their max with the roster as currently constituted. Right. And I think they're so just gonna be, be trying be, to win
2: this year. I think that you it it, it this'll be the first time they really have a winning culture. I think, because CP3 won't let these guys not try every night.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be one of those situations like last year where uh, the Thunder were supposed to tank, and then CP3 through pure spite uh, got them (laughs) to a much higher seed than anybody had them getting.
3: So is Devin Booker a Phoenix Sun? A much more interesting question. How much longer is Devin Booker a Phoenix Sun?
4: Hmm. I think
3: his contract through 24, so theoretically he's stuck. But when does does he ask out after next year, or do does this buy them another year before he asks
1: out? Um, I feel like he's probably there another two years, and then then he's hard
3: to imagine with Sarver anyone being there for longer than two or three years wanting to continue to stay there with Sarver it just feels uh, the worst owner
1: <laughs> he is terrible um i'm trying to see his uh, where's his contract he
3: has a, oh here it is he has a 5 year started last year I think it was the extension and uh, it's about 31 million a year on average through the 23, 24 season. Okay. So one, two, three, four more years. (laughs) Oh,
1: Oh, Devin. Not bad though. I mean, he'll be a free agent at 27, which is still, you know, in a prime, you know, knock on wood, he doesn't get injured or anything. So I'm surprised (laughs) Sarver spent this much money.
3: Smart move. Because Booker jerseys will sell even if they're garbage. And if he's stuck in this contract... Yeah. Okay. I don't know why that's even a conversation everyone's talking about. He's he's under contract till 24. He's not going <laughs> anywhere, right? Even that's too much for this current era. People I don't know.
1: Two years left. Somebody traded for John Wall, so... <laughs> John Wall proved there is no untradable contracts.
2: And I'm wondering which one of these guys is is the guy who changes the narrative, right? Who's like, I don't want to demand a trade, I want to do it my way. Because you know the pendulum is going to swing back. Because I mean the last two championships came off of Kawhi demanding a trade and going to Toronto, won a championship, AD demanding a trade, getting traded to the Lakers and winning a championship. So At some point, somebody like Devin Booker is going to be like, I just want to do it on my own. And I think it doesn't go unnoticed that KD joined up with the Warriors, won his championships, and still wasn't happy. So I think a lot of guys will have that conversation with KD and say, well, why didn't that work out for you? You know, because sometimes it's not all about winning. Sometimes it's about how you play the city you're in. And I think there's guys like Devin Booker, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, I think there's a bunch of guys who could choose to go the I'm here for my life route. Because all these guys grew up loving Kobe, right? So, yeah, who's it going to be? Who's going to be the one who stays?
3: That's my question. My my problem with it is I think it's rule related. The rules are what has created this culture. Shorter contracts. <clears throat> the bird rights don't mean as much because they can get all this money from the... the um, endorsements I think a rule change the pendulum of the rule change will lead us to what you're talking about Carl I don't think it's going to be some magnanimous decision by Devin Booker he's going to jump around and get the most money he can and if the most money comes from staying with the same team I think that's how it'll go I'm a skeptic but
1: I don't and I I also don't think that uh guys will talk to KD and change their mind just because KD is a different cat like he is, he is a dude that is worried, a really worried about his uh, legacy and how he's perceived. Because, um, like, if you really want to get to him, say like, "Oh, you're not a real champion," and KD will come after you. So, I, I don't think everybody's quite like that. So, I mean, I yeah, I don't think his his Golden State run will. Affect that many guys. It was unique. Yeah. And I'm not criticizing the move at all. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, Golden State, blah, 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 blah. Like, now nah. uh, If you got a chance to get one of the three best players in the world, you go and get one of the three best players in the world. I don't care what your roster is currently constructed. Like, you can find I'm a way to send make you it work. A post-
3: I'm gonna send you a poster for Julian that says the Hamptons Five on it. And it's gonna be the five of them with like bow ties and button-down shirts.
1: That was the word that was the thing that made me angriest about the Warriors. <laughs> the name the Hamptons, the Hamptons Five. <laughs> that and that uh that photo shoot they did for Sports Illustrated where they <laughs> they looked like they were going to like a bar in Chicago in 2005. <laughs> We love the Warriors, Carl. No, I love it, man. I love, Look, it. I love it. Everything I've said has nothing to do with their on-the-court success, but I will roast them for being having a corny name. That was a terrible name. <laughs> who came up, did they come up with that, or was that the media that came up with that? I don't know. I think did. they
3: <laughs> met in the Hamptons, dude, and that's why the name was <laughs> appropriately given to them.
1: Look. Uh, also, Kevin Durant does not have the best like track record of uh, choosing um, nicknames because he got the great nickname. Oh, there it is.
3: See, I'm a Dubs fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, he got the great nickname of the Slim Reaper, and he turned it down to be called the Servant, right? Or Durantula.
0: Oh my god. Durantula.
1: The Durantula. That that's another good one. Yeah, what happened to that one? Remember, he didn't want to be called the Durant. He didn't want to be called that. He wanted to be called the Servant. I thought Slim Reaper was one of the best. It was one of the coldest nicknames I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that was a good one. Guys today they don't have good nicknames. It's all their first, it's D book or CP3,
3: or it's like all just their initials or yeah. Agreed. Now, what's the what's the greatest nickname
2: of all time in the NBA? I can I'll tell you mine.
1: Mm. Um, AK47. I mean, a- uh, ooh, that was a good ooh, one because it was because it, it worked on so, so many levels. <laughs> right. And he was a very violent player. <laughs> like the yes. way he played was just very violent. Yeah, I like it. I like uh, I like Iceman. Yes, big fan Iceman of Iceman. The worm, that's
3: a classic. I don't know if it's the best ever, but that's a good one for Rodman. Yeah, chocolate thunder. (laughs) Rain man. Man. I feel like I feel like where we could do a whole podcast on this. I need to do research because there were some good classic nicknames.
1: Oh yeah, like like (laughs) Yeah, let's (laughs) put a pin in this. We we got more content out of this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Like I could come up with 20, I feel like I just need some time. Yeah. Are we all just trying to think of one? (laughs) No, I I think about
2: like there's nicknames that people got and people called them, and then there's like nicknames that their teammates call them. Because what do they call? What did LeBron keep calling Rondo this year? Um, I feel like there's a bunch of weird nicknames that. What about the
1: the big Aristotle? Wasn't that all of the
2: the self given nicknames are the worst? They're all the worst. I don't even care if they're good.
1: I mean, is Black Mamba the best of the self-given yes. nicknames? That's yep. a good the one. exception to
3: the rule. <laughs> that's a good one. Dr. J.
1: Yeah. That's a classic. The Glove, Gary Payton. Okay. Yeah, so I'm just Are looking we doing up, this? <laughs> I just looked up some of Shaq's nicknames. You got Shaq, Diesel, the Big Aristotle, Superman, Shaq Fu, Shaq Daddy, and Warrior. I don't know who called him Warrior. I've never heard that. Never wait, heard
3: did play. you
1: did you get Shaqness the Shaqness when he went to the Suns? Yeah. Oh, I did not get the Shaqness. <laughs> Vin
3: Sanity. I'm just pulling. Out. Oh wait, there is a good current one, the Greek Freak. Oh, that yeah, that's yeah, a great that's right.
2: thing. It's kind of lazy though.
1: Yeah, but so, so is Dr. J. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no. I, I'm, I'm, I, Yeah, I think Greek Freak is probably the best of the current nicknames. Rain Man? Sean Kemp? <laughs> I mean... Now the, the Round Mound of Pound. I'm not... I'm not
3: <laughs> rebound.
1: No, Sean, Sean Kemp was the Round <laughs> Mound of Pound with all those kids. <laughs> oh man Uh, not the best nickname but i'm a i'm a big fan of jimmy g buckets i like that too the g is for gets. (laughs) damn right (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay so before we get going and this too long (laughs) i'm gonna ask give me a hot take not even a hot take give me a prediction for the coming season You know, I've already said the Warriors still in championship contention.
2: That's my hot take. What? It's a a, look. What am I going to do? I'm a fanboy. That's an ice cold take that's been in the fridge since 2018. What do you mean? That's a hot take for other people. You just know me. So, you know, that's what I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) say. Nobody thinks the Dubs are doing anything this year. I think like you, you you know, you guys think Curry's going to be terrible and Draymond's washed. But I don't think Curry's going to
1: be terrible. I, I do think the Draymond is washed, however. That I agree with.
2: <laughs> but I think there's a chance that all these things click together and we see we see the doves of 2015 again.
1: I think that team is gone. I, I, hey, I know it is, but yeah. this is why a hot take section. <laughs> this is my hot take. <laughs>
3: that is a
1: hot take. You know what? You're right. I can't criticize your hot take. <laughs> I do think James Harden not playing
2: a game in a Rockets jersey this year is my real hot take. I don't think he plays a
3: game in the Okay, that that hot take might not even be hot by like 24 hours from now. Yeah, You're by the time I finish
1: editing this, he's probably going to yeah. be traded, and we're going to look like fools.
3: <laughs> Wait, I've got one. I've got one. The Mavs don't take a step forward this year. Oh, oh, here's why. How does he step back? Or possible step back. I think that. Doncic will take a step forward. He's Doncic. Unless he gets hurt, he's the god. I mean, he's the next great thing. But I think, and this is a much a much less example of what we're talking about with Embiid and Simmons, I think it's a bad fit with Porzingis. And I don't think Porzingis could stay on the court. And I don't think losing Seth Curry to get – who did they even get? I don't think they made Josh any – like. Josh Richardson like I don't think that's the upgrade they need it feels like you need I guess every team needs this but you need shooting and Josh Richardson isn't a better shooter or a better more volume than Seth Curry he'll need the ball a little bit more I just I don't think he's a bad pickup for them I don't think he moves the needle and I think Porzingis is a bad fit he's not even starting the season yeah so if he plays I don't know that it's a good fit so I'm saying I don't think you know, everyone's sort of projecting they're like a top four team in the West potentially this year, and I'm saying, I think they might just be in that seven, eight, nine, ten hunt for the last playoff spot, which isn't a step forward. Yeah, so that's my hot
1: take. Oh, okay. My hot take, and this is this is scorching hot. I feel <laughs> John Wall is going to average eighteen and eight this year. Ooh. ooh,
0: ooh.
1: I will, have all... will it be I'm... successful? I didn't say he like, was going to be successful. I just okay. said he's going to average 18 and 8. <laughs> but I've always like, I've always been a John Wall fan.
2: I, I think he's going to do that. I think a hot take would be like 25 and 10. I think
3: I, 18 and 8 for him. Wait, I've got a hotter take that I don't actually have, but the hotter take of it would be, <laughs> the hotter take would be with or without Harden, John Wall leads the Rockets to one of those like 9-10 playoff spots. Or a 7 8. Ooh, do, could, what, can you go is, that far,
1: B-Top? Can you go that far? <laughs> I don't know if I can go that far, but I'm about <laughs> to spit something here at you. What oh. if John James Harden's traded? It's John Wall's team now. They have to play the Warriors to get into the playoffs, and John Wall is the one to actually beat the Warriors where James Harden couldn't. Couldn't do it. Would oh. that not Love be? <laughs> the most hilarious thing in the world to everybody except Killa. It would
2: still be funny to me, honestly.
1: I mean, and for me, it's offensive because the
3: implication is that Harden's garbage and I love Harden, but I would love it if that happened.
1: Look, I'm not saying he's garbage. I am saying that he complained so much that it turned me from being ambivalent towards him to just like not being a fan of his. Fair enough. Yeah, whenever Harden talks
2: about anything, I just think less of him. He's like the opposite Kyrie. Kyrie just talks all the time. But Harden, whenever you're like, oh, what are you doing tonight? Up oh, strip club.
3: <laughs> what are well, you talking I, about? I think I might have brought this up before, but did you see when he wore the Blue Lives Matter mask and he didn't realize it was Blue Lives Matter when they asked him about it? He was like, oh, that's what this is? I thought it just looked badass. My bad. And he took it off. <laughs> but you here's see, the that thing. I was in the bubble.
1: <laughs> I believe that.
3: I agree. I don't, I don't think...
1: think- I don't no. think he's lying. I think that he actually just thought it was badass. I agree. Oh <laughs> I, I can't God. remember who it was. It might have been like Pat Bev or somebody that was like, oh, he don't even be looking on the internet or nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I believe it. He's a weird dude. I mean, dude, he
3: had- I have another hot... I have a, a free agency hot take. All of the max extensions will end up being excellent investments. There was a bunch of them this year. It was Ingram, five for 158. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell, five for 163 or whatever with the incentives.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Tatum, same one. Bam. And then this is kind of the wild card, I think. Those other ones I think we all agree on is uh, Deer and Fox signed that same max extension as all those guys. That's a little dicey but if that one pans out, all five of them
2: pan out. I think Bam's the riskiest one.
1: Crazy. Why are you guys down on Bam? I'm not down on Bam. I like Bam. I'm
2: just saying out of that group, like, who has the ball in their hands? Like, Bam's value is predicated on having somebody get him the ball. All those other guys can get
3: theirs. But Bam could be the the second best player on a championship team. Sure. Not this year, but okay, so all of, which of those guys is going to be the best player on the championship team? All hey, of no. those guys, we're still hey, looking no. at it. if it's a championship team, all those guys are the second best player. You don't necessarily need to deliver them the ball. But in terms of value, I know I'm sort of oversimplifying this, but... What
2: I'm saying Bam could fall off a cliff if he's on a bad team and he doesn't have good teammates. That's what I'm saying.
1: I don't think... I think Bam's good wherever just because he can do so many things. Like he's a Swiss Army knife type player. So I think he finds a way. No matter, you know, he he's he's not somebody that can't, you know, like uh, survive without the ball. Like he can, he can go and get the ball himself, like with his defense. So it's you know, it's not you know like he's dependent on Jimmy or Dragic to put him in position to do anything. They help certainly, but no, you you tell me his
2: go to post move.
1: Well, I mean, he's only in his second year. I'm sure he's going to develop some post moves. Like, if he continues to get better, as he has shown. It's he doesn't
3: even need a go-to post move. He does the Draymond Green thing. He comes up, he gets the ball at the free throw line, and he can make the pass. I mean, he can run, He can kind of run the offense from the four or the five. But he's got a, a very interesting skill set. He's, he's 15, and a... 10. 15 and 10 this year with five assists. Right. And he's 22. 22. Year
1: two year two this year, year three? three this year
2: three yeah oh is it, uh, well i stand by
1: it. what i said I what
2: do. i'm just saying i don't I think, said what I, I said those those <laughs> other guys have had flashes of brilliance and i love bam and i love his game but if you're asking me which one of those has proved the least amount to me it's bam we just saw it in the bubble where we got to look at it with Every eye that we possibly had because we were starving for NBA basketball action. I was glad. But out of those five guys,
3: he's he's the one that I would think could flame up. Well, my my hot take was not that they're all gonna be superstars. My hot take was none of those will be that those will all be good contracts. So five, one sixty-three, none of oh, are you kidding? The five one sixty three no no no, I don't disagree. I'm just good saying contracts, that's a hot take.
2: Yeah, I mean, contracts are inflated now, but I'm just saying I, I looked at it as an exercise of which one of those five guys is going to live up to their contract the least. And for me,
1: odds are, bam, for me. Uh, see, for me, of those guys, it would be Fox. And I love Fox, but Fox is in Sacramento, and you can never depend on anything good happening in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously agree with that.
3: I, I, I think Fox is excited. I'm, I, I'm in the same with you, Tom, but I think he's the least likely to live up to the contract just cause Sacramento and cause he's like something about his style just feels like he might just be one of those guys that like can score a lot and be really fast and sort of drops off and never has any success. I, I'm being vague here, but you know what I mean? One of those types of guys that, I don't know, you can't like put it, you can't give them the keys necessarily
2: his three point shooting was terrible last year yeah. went down from 37% to 29 so Ugh. if he keeps trending that way that's
0: going to be a problem yeah then he's done
1: yeah i mean i don't you rarely see guys like fall off a cliff like that and stay like it could be an anomaly i mean to drop 9 percentage points in a year i don't know it would it would be a first I'd have to, you know, do a deep dive to see like has that ever happened before. I think Russ's free throw percentage is like the closest comparison to where like it kind of fell off a cliff. Well, I would also want to see the splits, I think, cuz last season was such a goofy
3: season. Like, you know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah. And I and looking back in his rookie season he shot 31%, so the 37% may actually be the anomaly, not the 29%. Right. So yeah. Who knows. Still a kid though. He's super young. So
2: 22. Yeah, no, I love all those. I love all five of them though. You know, normally there's that one really bad contract, like when Wiggins got his extension and everybody was like, that's a bad contract today.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We we did not we did not have that contract. Yeah, I like that one. I, I have one other hot take, but maybe it's not that hot, so we can ignore it if you guys don't think it's hot. But the Van Vliet signing was a great one. Four years, 85 million. Toronto was able to keep them clearly under his market value. I'm not saying he's worth more than that, but he could have gotten more in New York or somewhere else. I thought that was a great signing. I think some people are down on Van fleet for some reason, but
1: I love him. I'm not, I thought he he really like shown himself like how important he was in the bubble to that team. I mean, no yeah. Kawhi, um when Baca was hurt, um, the corpse of Mark Gasol out there, and he was he was out there doing whatever it took. I mean, and I mean, I know we're not talking about this guy, uh, Kyle Lowry, him and Kyle Lowry out there. Uh, they much respect. <laughs> yeah. It's all I, I, I think you got to keep them together.
2: Yeah. And it's good for everybody, too, because I don't know if Van Blee's value holds up outside of Toronto. Yeah. It's great. For
1: yeah. Sure. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he spent his entire career there or his – a a vast bulk of his career there okay lukewarm take
3: we'll call it a lukewarm take since ever since there's nothing really controversial about van vliet signed for a a good deal
2: (laughs) well i mean that's the thing now is like you look at the bad contracts like gordon hayward's contract and it's like we all can agree that at least two of those are going to be bad bad year yeah but i mean it could be four years
1: so I mean, I feel like Gordon Hayward was the one that earned a, a four-year 85 instead of what he got. So, No hate
3: for that man. He's had a rough go of luck, and he took the money that was offered to him,
1: right? Uh, well, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I have feelings about Gordon Hayward that have nothing to do with basketball. So, Agree, agree. I will bite Clearly, my tongue. His, his <laughs> His views clearly don't align
3: with ours. I will give you that. But in terms of just pure basketball, he had rough luck with the broken leg, rough luck in Boston, and then he got this giant contract It's hard to fault him for signing it.
1: I don't know. Oh, no, I'm not blaming him. I'd take it too. Uh, But, you know, I'm petty. (laughs) Now, how do you
2: feel about Rose turning into the great mentor here? He already told Killian Hayes that it's his team. He said, you're
1: the future it's not about me uh Derek rose is very complicated like i have complicated <laughs> feelings about Derek rose that's
3: more accurate <laughs>
1: like as a as somebody who saw him play in high school and all that like i'm i have like an affection for his game but then his uh, his court case where if you read you know what happened i'm like Oh, it's real hard to root for you after reading that man like every time I see him play I just think of that I'm like I can't. I'm not going to root against you but I I don't see myself rooting for you man.
3: (laughs) Why do you think some guys with those stories it gets buried. Like the only people who know about that Derek Rose stuff is probably the three of us on this pod and some like deep dive Bulls fans. Whereas, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's a horrific, uh, we don't need to go into details. Yeah. Neither Just take it, take us at face value. Here, It's a bad story. And his part in it is he's an active part in it. Yeah. Like how come that's buried? I feel like a lot of Chicago fans, like it's just gone. It's out of the, there's something about him that's like, so beloved that, or whatever it is that, but it, it, him able it, it, to get away ahead of it, right?
2: But I don't think it's I don't think it's unique to him. I think his did get buried because he was so beloved. But there's, it's like Dwight Howard. When I talk to people about Dwight Howard, I'll be like, Do "You know stuff about Dwight Howard?" And they're like, "No, I know about the cape and the the jumping and the smiling." And I'm like, mm-hmm, "That's a terrible person right there," you know. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. think it's very easy to just kind of like, uh, I think sometimes we we forget how much of an enthusiast we are it's like we read all about these guys we're doing psychoanalysis even though we shouldn't we're constructing fantasy rosters around them and like who's gonna who's gonna gel well with who and blah 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 most people are just like yo i just turned it on and this dude was jumping and shooting and it was crazy it was great so i think i think a lot of those things get buried but yeah derrick rose is an interesting case
1: yeah Um but- oof, and Dwight Howard, <laughs> yeah. talk about another one. <laughs> Worse. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he just marry yeah. like a twenty-two-year-old? No, I don't even know. I just stopped paying attention.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did you see when he tweeted that? He, obviously, you guys saw this, but when he tweeted that he was excited to go back to the Lakers, and then seven minutes later, he was with the.
1: <laughs> yeah, he tweeted that, and Rob Palenka DM'd him like, "Not so fast, player." <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> You might want to delete that tweet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I, don't
3: know. I mean, there's a question: Will Derrick Rose continue to like be relevant or succeed as a mentor? Or are you just trolling us with a Derrick Rose? No, oh, no, no.
2: I'm just saying, like, do you buy? You know, because I, I think of that uh, that big game that uh, Derrick Rose had uh, for Minnesota. What did he score? Was it like
1: 50 points or something? Yeah, he scored 50.
2: And on court, the announcer was like, "We can't really celebrate this." Do you remember that? That was like all over. He's like, I can't, you know, anyway. So it's like, he's in this stage of his career now where like even in training camp, he's talking about this rookie who, you know, not a lot of people know. And he's like, I'm already telling this kid, this is your team. You're the future. We're not competing. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dive at your knees. I'm not gonna be Raja Bell and get up in your grill and try try to check you to make sure, you know, I'm the starting shooting guard. You know what I mean? Like, do we buy that like, he's matured as a person and changed. Do we buy
1: that? I think he's aware of the, of like what it is. I mean, he's a guy who's often injured. He's had some devastating injuries that have zapped him of what he used to do 82 games a year. Now we maybe get that like 15 to 20 nights a year. Um and this guy's coming in he's what 20 years 19 20 years old like it just is what it is. Like physically, he's not going to be able to keep up with him.
4: Uh, right.
2: I just couldn't imagine him doing this like three years ago.
3: No. Oh, yeah. See, I disagree with this because I don't think Derek Rose, I think I'm going to say this in two, uh, along two lines. First of all, I don't think. He ever wanted the spotlight. I don't think he ever wanted everyone. Like, he wants respect, but I don't think it was important to him that it was his team, even when he was at his peak, which I know he was very young then. And as he came back, it was never, he was never saying things like, this is my team. This is, you know, his brother would be like, they need to get better players around him, but that was never about it for him. Like, even as Jimmy Butler came on, there was never, like, whose team is this? It wasn't like that. Like, I think the media may be trying to build it up, but that's not, that's not the kind of guy he is. I believe he just wants to ball. Like, I don't think he cares. So if he's saying that, I believe it. It's not counterintuitive. It's, like, not contradictory to the kind of guy he is. The only cocky things he ever said was, why can't I be MVP? And even that comment wasn't about it being his team. It was just about, like, I can perform well enough to be considered the best player in this league. It wasn't like, I'm going to take so many shots. He didn't. He was really efficient. Yeah. So, this whole, the premise of this whole question is problematic for me, so please stop slandering Derrick Rose, thanks. <laughs> thanks yeah. for taking the bait. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see the documentary about him? I think it's on like Xfinity or something
1: now. I, again, I, I, I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it because it's it's sympathetic and I'm, I'm not in a place where I can be sympathetic. <laughs> you know, here's, I, I don't, don't, don't watch it. He's, I hate
3: to say this, I love Derrick Rose. He is a boring, boring, boring guy. And even these behind the scenes look like his story is so interested and he gets on the mic and it's like, I just, I'm like, find myself like falling asleep. I'm just waiting for the highlights to come on. So you don't need to see the documentary. It's kind of a snoozer. He has an interesting story growing up, but anyway, not that you were going to watch it (laughs) I
1: I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, we were able to stay connected this whole time and have a a seamless recording. I, I think shout out to the fine folks at Xfinity, <laughs> you know, last week we recorded and the fine folks at Frontier uh, Communications, they hated on us. They kept screwing with my Wi-Fi. I wasn't able to stay connected. So, you know. The real MVP of this episode is Xfinity. Xfinity.
2: <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> I'm the only one without Xfinity on the call, right? You guys both have Xfinity. What do you have? I got RCN.
3: Oh, you do have RCN. Bro! I could, could the podcast if I wanted to. Hot take, didn't. RCN sucks. <laughs> <laughs> then we just talked about I
2: had
1: the best speeds on the call? We didn't know. We didn't get v but... I, I have you. no idea what my speed is, but it's better than it was last week, so <laughs> I'm going to take it. <laughs> All right, y'all. This is fun. We're going to do this again soon. I don't know on what. We'll figure it out.
2: It's <laughs> a time
1: for me. I love it. All right, y'all. Be easy. I'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> later. Thanks,
2: sir. Take care. <phone rings>